Welcome to Convention Pulpit, Wesleyan Voices Past and Present, brought to you through the Ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention. Visit our website for an entire library of great sermons and more information on this ministry, www.ihconvention.com. This message was preached many years ago on the campus of God's Bible School and College in Cincinnati, Ohio by Wingrove Taylor. It's titled, Cooling Off. I know you will enjoy this excellent message. Keep passing it on, keep passing it on, keep passing it on and on. Keep passing it on, keep passing it on, keep passing it on and on. We want to share with you from the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verses 14 to 22. Revelation, chapter 3, verses 14 to 22. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things set the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increase with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will stop with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me on my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my father on his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith. Shall we pray? Our Father, we thank thee today for thy love. We thank thee for Jesus our Lord, the head of the church. We thank thee for his care of us and his concern for us. And as we come this afternoon to this service, we pray that in thy love that thou mayest speak to us and that we may hear thee speak. Yes. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. The plan this afternoon is to have us to look out for Laodiceanism. 
In the passage that we have read today, we have Christ chastening and counseling a cool church. Christ chastening and counseling a cool church. It appears to me as I look out over the walk with God that one can do nothing better than to be a fool for Jesus' sake. I know that this seems very strange to some people, but I still feel that it is the way to victory. And since we should be willing to be fools for Christ's sake, we also should be willing to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ and listen to what he says. For he is always unvaryingly correct. And here this afternoon he speaks a word to the church. And as some have suggested that our age is that age of Laodiceanism. But be that as it may, he speaks to us today to look out for becoming lukewarm. Not altogether cold, but cool. You notice that we have a perfect introduction here for this counseling and chastening. For the one who speaks is the Amen. The one who speaks is the final, unchangeable one. Final and unchangeable in all of his purposes and promises. And the one who speaks is also the faithful and true witness. Thank God for someone who is faithful to us and who is true to us. He is the key witness. Not only that, he is the beginning of the creation of God. He is the beginning of the first creation of God and he is just as surely the beginning of the second creation of God. Those of us who are made in his image and after his likeness. And he tells us in this passage about the danger of lukewarmness. I want to suggest to us this afternoon, first of all, some causes for lukewarmness. Some causes for lukewarmness. And perhaps we should point out, first of all, that there is a tragic tendency to lukewarmness in some people. There is a tragic tendency to lukewarmness in some people. You remember Paul speaking about a man named Demas. In Philemon verse 24, Paul says in reference to Demas, he is my faithful fellow laborer. He is my fellow laborer. He works with me. In Colossians chapter 4, Paul makes reference to him and he just speaks about Demas, unqualified. He doesn't talk about his being a fellow laborer. 
And in 2 Timothy chapter 14, we come to these sad words, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Here is a man who seemed to have had a tragic tendency, a gravitation towards the world, towards cooling off. And oh, God grant that there will be in none of us a tragic tendency to lukewarmness. I had a very dear friend. We shared many moments of spiritual things and concern. But there were some areas about the life of this friend that concerned me. And time and time again I would share. And you know, finally I said something like this. You know, it appears to me that whenever God shows you a higher road and brighter light, you always seem to take the lower road and dimmer light. I call that tragic, you know. You just look at the way some people live. And as long as they can get by on something easier, something less, as long as they can cut some corners with God, they're going to do it. I call that a tragic tendency to lukewarmness. Oh, I thank God that he put something in my heart that as long as it is higher light and better light, as long as it's saying, Taylor, nudge up, go up a little higher, I'm ready to do some stepping. And it doesn't make any difference whether that comes from friend or foe. I'm ready to do some stepping. Some people don't like to be counseled. They don't like to be advised. They don't like to be warned. They don't like somebody to share with them. My friends, I'm always out and ready to take counsel. How is it in your soul this afternoon, my friend? And I don't know anything about you, but friends, these are the days when we can't afford to trifle. We can't afford to play. We can't afford to be careless. We must face ourselves as it really is. And you know, this friend of mine, this very afternoon, the life the manner of living, the pattern of living, is a heartbreak. And there it appeared years ago, this tendency, whenever there is a higher road, Lord, I'm going to take the lower road. A tragic tendency to lukewarmness in some people. But may I point out, my friends, that there is a terrible threat around all of us. A terrible threat to lukewarmness around all of us. Paul says in the last days, perilous time shall come. Jesus Christ says that because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. There is a tragic tendency. There is the tragic threat, I must say around all of us, the terrible threat of lukewarmness. And it comes from this emphasis on materialism. 
Laodicea was one of the great commercial cities and a center of trade. The whole idea, the whole focus was on the material and on materialism. And as someone says, the things of time and sense were occupying the attention of the Laodiceans out of all proportion to their relative importance. They were holding their spirits in willing devotion and they were giving hours of their strength and putting their pursuit into the things of material over against the importance of these things. And are we not living in an age where the whole emphasis again is on material? Wasn't it somebody who mentioned the other day that people seem to be planning to live here forever? They're just going after the material. And friends, you can't go after materialism and keep a warm soul. You can't make that the emphasis of your life and keep blessed with God. And not only is this materialism, but there is the existence around us of a degeneracy, a moral degeneracy. Oh, that God would help us. You know, these days, you're not even supposed to guide people until you're almost forgetting your responsibilities of leadership. You're almost not supposed to make any decisions for your children and no decisions for your members. You're not supposed to decide until we have become rather flabby. And the world is lacking in real strong leadership. A moral degeneracy all around us. The whole atmosphere breathes with a coldness. There is a tragic tendency about us. And for our age, there are the creeping mists of infidelity and uncertainty and unreality. The whole atmosphere breathes with the unreal. And if you are not careful, you can get caught up in the same thing. For my part, I am not sorry that I live in the tropics. I say for my part. And when you talk about a tragic tendency to coldness, spiritual coldness, I seem to have a, a, a tragic tendency to physical coldness. It, it gets to me. But you know, for those of you who live in the cold climate, when winter comes, don't you put on more clothing? Don't you close the windows? Don't you turn up the heat? Don't you put uh, snow tread tires on? Don't you prepare for the cold? Wouldn't it be tragic in the winter time for you to go around clad as though it was summer? Wouldn't it be tragic for you to leave your windows open and have no heat in your building? Wouldn't it be tragic to be driving on the icy and snowy roads without adequate protection? And yet spiritually the winter has set in. And I see people not being careful to clad themselves and to keep nearer to the fire and, and to make sure that they have the adequate heat for the times in which we live. Because there is coldness all about us, if we do not do something specific to be warm in our hearts, we're going to suffer from Laodiceanism.
And you know, unfortunately, this can even come to the church. Have you ever known some people go to church and they come out of church and it's just as cold and as icy? There is nothing to challenge, there is nothing to warm. Oh, I know that God must give us teaching, but friends, occasionally I like to get into service where when the minister speaks, every noun and every adjective and every adverb and every verb punches me in the heart. And I say, because this atmosphere is all around us, we're going to have to do something if we avoid Laodiceanism. But not only is there this tragic tendency to Laodiceum in some people and the terrible threat of Laodiceum around all of us, but there is no total immunity to Laodiceum, Laodiceanism for any of us. There is no total immunity. I can't say that I am so built that I will never become cold. No, my friends. I can't say that I have so much of God that I will never become lukewarm. They tell me all you have to do to have a bar of iron go cold is take it out of the fire. That's all. It could be ever so red hot as long as you take it out of the fire and let it stay out of the fire for a while. It's going to go cold. And my friends, if you do not keep yourself in the love of God, and if you do not keep yourself where the fires of God are falling, no matter how blessed you are today, and no matter how spiritual you are, you will go cold. There is no total immunity to lukewarmness. You remember what Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift of God that is within you. Stir it up. Get it back into the fire. Fan it up to a flame. Let's do everything we can to keep warm for God. Look out for Laodiceanism. But this passage not only seems to point up to us the causes of Laodiceanism, but the curses of Laodiceanism. The curses of this lukewarmness. And what are the curses? Well, there is the curse of deception. There is the curse of deception. Here is a church saying, we are rich, when Christ says, you are poor. Isn't that quite a thing? Here is this church as it evaluates itself. It says, we are rich, we have need of nothing, we are all right, we are in top class condition. And Jesus Christ says the opposite. I don't think they said that because they were lying. I think they just simply, when you become lukewarm after a while, you will deceive yourself. And oh, how many people there are today who say, we are all right. We learn the phrases. Again, I don't say this unkindly, but I remember being in a certain service one uh, time and believe you me, you could almost feel the icicles all about you. And then the minister got up to prayer and he says, oh God, we thank thee for the wonderful sense of thy presence that we feel here today. The curse of deception. Until we don't even know where we are going. 
You notice how we can get all of our values confused? What we call riches, Christ calls poverty. What we call plenty and joy and happiness, Christ calls misery. We can get all our values confused. Sometimes I wonder whether we aren't in that dangerous period today when people's values are all confused. Right is left and left is right and wrong is right and, and, and right is wrong. The curse of deception. In the word you are miserable. You are miserable. They say we have need of nothing but Jesus says you need one thing. Miserable. Dissatisfied. Although people say they have everything, there is in the world today a restlessness and there is in the church a restlessness because only following Jesus all the way truly satisfies. So in spite of all that people have, they're still not satisfied. There is still that hunger. There is still reaching out. They're not satisfied. Look out for Laodiceanism, my dear friends, because as long as you have it, you're going to find misery coming into your heart. Instead of joy and happiness and, and blessing in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can develop awful spirit of dissatisfaction. And then there is the curse of destruction. The curse of destruction. Destruction to the world. For wherever you have a lukewarm church, then the world is going to be in danger. A lukewarm church cannot thaw a frozen world. A lukewarm church cannot take the fire of God to a world that is all caught up in its sin and misery. Wherever you find a lukewarm church, then the world is going to be in terrible danger. But this is not only a danger to the world, it's a danger to the church. For Christ says, if you don't get rid of this lukewarmness, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. You're not cold, but you're not hot. We don't have enough cold to drive us to the fire of his love. And we do not have enough of the hotness of the Holy Spirit to diffuse his fire and his love. And the Lord Jesus says that is a nauseating position for any man to be in. I wonder if we believe that. I wonder if there is not many a church that has already been spewed out of his mouth. Lukewarm. And the Holy Spirit has gone. Isn't there one man that said that if the Holy Spirit left some churches, they wouldn't even know that he was gone. Oh, that God would help us today. Let's look out for Laodiceanism. Let's ask God to help us. There is winter all about us. Then we must be more warmly clad by the word and stay near to the fire of God. Let's ask him that there be no tragic tendency to lukewarmness in us. Let us remind ourselves that we have no immunity and we must keep ourselves in the love of God. Let us remind ourselves that if we go lukewarm, we're going to lose our sensitivity. We're going to begin to deceive ourselves. When we lose our, our fire and warmth in the Holy Spirit, 
we're not only going to be dangerous to ourselves, but we're going to be dangerous to this poor old world. And what the world is needing is a red-hot church and red-hot Christians to help him. Then I ask you, my friends, what is the counteraction for lukewarmness? How can we counteract it? How can we get around it? How can we ward it off? What is the cure for lukewarmness? And Jesus Christ gives a recipe here. He gives some directions. And he says to this church, if you want to avoid lukewarmness, make sure you have revelation. Make sure you have revelation. Anoint your eyes with Isa, that you may see. Make sure you have revelation. Poor Laodicea was anointing their eyes with the Isavs of this world. And they were looking rather sensuous, but they did not have any sight. You see, this is the problem. They were taken up with all the pressures of the world around them. Jesus Christ is saying that there is something far more precious than the eyesalves of the world and it is the eyesalves of God and grace that help you to see. How about it, my friends, today? Do we have seeing eyes or do we have sensuous eyes? It's a real puzzle to me to know why Christians feel that they must borrow the beauty of this world. When we have the beauty of salvation to adorn us, praise the Lord. And isn't that right? Isn't it glorious? To me it is the most glorious and wonderful thing. But you know, once you get tied up with the eyesalves of this world, you're not going to begin to see Jesus. You're going to have no revelation. So the Lord is saying here, you can escape lukewarmness if you have revelation. See me and see my purposes and see where I'm going and, and, and see me in all of my fullness and see the meaning of my word and the meaning of the times. Oh, that God would give us revelation. I don't want to be blind in the day in which I live. I want to be a seeing man. I want to be able to know what God's purposes are and to be able to proclaim God's purposes. We must have his revelation. And then Jesus says, if you want to escape lukewarmness, you must have robes. Not only buy of me salve and anoint your eyes that you might see, but also buy of me white raiment that your nakedness may be clothed. So here now are robes of righteousness. If I am clothed in his robes, I will avoid lukewarmness. If I have his revelation by anointing my eyes with Isaac, and if I wear his robes, then I'm going to be able to avoid lukewarmness. And again, the whole emphasis was that Laodicea was getting taken up with its surroundings, its commercial surroundings. And Laodicea was a city that was famous for its cosmetics. And then Laodicea was a city that was famous for its textiles. 
And you had all kind of cloth, and the dear saints at Laodicea were going all out to fill up their wardrobes, and they were all concerned about their wardrobes. And the Lord Jesus Christ was saying, don't worry about the cloth and the textiles of this world, but go after the robe of righteousness. The garments of this world will leave you naked. The robes of righteousness will have you clothed. And after all, you know, nakedness is a poor condition for winter. We must be clothed with the robes of righteousness. I've been begging God to help me somehow to study and understand the message on this whole thing of nakedness. You know, it, it's, a, it's a heartbreak in our world today. It's a heartbreak in our world today. Jesus Christ is begging us that we may be clothed in his robes of righteousness and avoid the nakedness and the cold that goes along with nakedness. So there is revelation and there are robes. And then he says, buy of me gold tried in the fire that you may be rich. So revelation, robes, and riches, his riches, not the riches of this old world. And again, it points to the commercial surroundings in Laodicea, for here was one of the banking centers of the world. And the members in Laodicea were going after increasing their bank accounts and increasing their bank accounts and increasing their bank accounts. And the Lord says, you better buy of me gold tried in the fire. You know, God's gold never tarnishes. Amen. And God's gold you can always take with you when you're dying. God's gold, no thieves can steal it. And God's gold never rusts. And the moth can't destroy the raiments of God. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Friends, if we want to avoid Laodicea, Laodiceanism, let us get the gold of God, true gold, the gold of Christian service, the gold of Christian giving. Are you laying up treasures above? How we thank God for the spontaneity of the giving and the, and the wonderful giving we have here to God's cause and God's Bible school. Friends, let's keep up giving to God's cause. Some people are putting all of their riches down here and all in the stocks and bonds down here and all in the bank accounts down here and they're going after earthly riches. We want gold tried in the fire. And you know, you can't begin to give as God wants you to give and not be on your way to being a warm-hearted Christian. So revelation and robes and riches and then Jesus says behold I stand at the door and knock and you notice where he is he is the head of the church in the earlier chapters he is in the midst of the church because he is the head of the church but this picture we don't see him in the midst of the church we see him outside the church. We see him outside the door. He should be the center of things. Here he is outside the door. And outside the door knocking. 
The head of the church shouldn't have to knock on the door of the church. But here he is outside the door knocking. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. But aren't you glad that he has condescended to do that? That though he is the head of the church and though he is the master of the church and the head of the bride, here he is outside knocking and saying, please let me in. And if we want to avoid lukewarmness, we must come to this repentance. We must come to do something about letting him back into his proper position and place. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and will open the door, I will come in and sup with him. Someone says that when Jesus says, if any man, he is making it possible for us to get through as individuals. If you can't get through as a whole church, then you'd better make up your mind to get through as a single individual. If any man hear my voice, you can't afford to say, well, all the other people are going this way and I have to go with them. If any man hear my voice. As one man says, here is not a church excommunicating a man. But here is one man excommunicating a whole church. If any man hear my voice and will open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Oh, my dear friends, I'm begging you today, look out for Laodiceanism. Lukewarmness is everywhere in our world. None of us can escape it unless we take God's precautions unless we have revelations from him, unless we are dressed in his robes of righteousness, unless we have his true riches, and unless he is in the center of our hearts and lives, not a Christ locked out, knocking at the door, but a Christ, the head of the church, the head of my life. And I am so glad that when he comes in, he comes in to sup with us. Isn't that marvelous? You remember on the road to Emmaus, he talked with the two disciples. And when it was evening, they had gotten to their destination. He acted as though he would go on. But they pled with him, please stay. And when supper was laid and he began to bless, their eyes were opened and they saw that it was the Christ. Did not our hearts burn within us? Oh, may God make us people of the burning heart in a day of lukewarmness. We want to be ready when he comes. We want to help the world about us. And I am begging you in spite of the coldness of the age, in spite of the pressures of our time, don't get tied up in materialism. Don't let the degeneracy of the times pressure you. Let's ask God by his grace we will be men and women of a warm heart for the glory of God. Shall we pray? I don't want to take for granted the heritage of holiness that has been passed on. I don't want to lose the fire.
Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit, a ministry of Interchurch Holiness Convention, featuring Wesleyan voices past and present. For more sermons or for more information, visit www.ihconvention.com. This ministry is made possible through the financial support of our listeners. You may give online at ihconvention.com or send your donation to IHC, Post Office Box 99, New Berlin, Pennsylvania, 17855 USA. i